Hello, everybody, and welcome into another episode of the Damn Good Dogcast. We're here today on another episode of Damn Good Dogs, our special episode where we highlight some of UGA's finest student-athletes. Today, we are spoiled to be in the presence of an all-SEC and all-American athlete. In fact, she is one of only four women in UGA history to be named an all-American in her sport. From the UGA women's soccer team, please welcome Abby Boyan. Welcome, Abby. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. So I am a fifth-year senior on the women's soccer team I'm from New Jersey, and I play attacking center mid here for Georgia the past five years. Um, and I graduated last May with a marketing degree in sports management. Nice. Uh, so marketing degree, so with a minor in sports management? Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, so growing up in Jersey, what was that like? It was so much fun. It was a lot of fun, especially in the summer from like Memorial Day to Labor Day. It's a big beach town. A lot of my neighbors live in New York, so um, it's kind of dead in the winter, but, um, you know, soccer throughout the winter and then summers at the beach and stuff like that. So it's a dream. Yeah, soccer's a much bigger thing, like, up in the Northeast, isn't it? Yeah, like, it's you, very big. Yeah, you don't see a lot of, like, like, club soccer down here is nothing compared to what it is up there. Oh, yeah, I mean, being from California, it's also real big over there. Yeah. And, I mean, we've even, Me uh, Megan Rapinoe was from my area, and, like, my German teacher coached her, so it's like, I understand yeah. the whole being bigger than Georgia. <laughs> Georgia's big, though, right now. Texas is big, Georgia's big. Yeah, Georgia's getting a lot Georgia, bigger, yeah. it, especially really good club teams. especially since United got up and yeah. going. It seems like the competition has just exploded. Yeah. So it's been really good to see. So, uh, being from New Jersey, what was the recruiting process like? Like, what brought you to UGA? So it was it. The rules have definitely changed. Um, when I was getting recruited, it was normal to commit when you're a sophomore in high school, which is super young. Um, definitely don't recommend that now. Um, but two of my club teammates, actually, from my PDA club team and New Jersey, um, also went here. So they were two, a year older than me, um, so they kind of paved the way. I knew I wanted to go SEC, stay down south. Um, so I was looking at Vandy, South Carolina, and then Duke, ACC. Um, but those were kind of like my final three, and, and of course, Georgia. Um, and I really liked the coaches. I liked the atmosphere. I came for a football game, um, so it was a no-brainer after that. Oh, yeah, I mean, the football games here will get yeah, a lot of recruits. Yeah, that's the selling point. Coaches come yeah. down here, it's like, hey, you play soccer? Yeah, I'm actually, like, I'm coming down here to play soccer. Cool, let's go to a football game. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, shoot, I lost the question I was going to ask. <laughs> uh, so when did you start playing soccer? I played a lot of sports growing up. I think I started soccer along with all the others when I was maybe, like, first or second grade. Um, I played, or I swam, I played lacrosse and soccer all through high school, and then soccer obviously was a priority more, um, so I chose that in college. So you were just an all-around athlete and then decided <laughs> to focus when you got it to was, college, yeah, the, right? high, the high school I went to, it was very normal to do three sports, um, oh. so it just kept myself busy. We yeah, weren't the geez. best at sports, so it was kind of <laughs> like everyone, just go do it. Uh, so... I, I was going to ask, if you didn't play soccer, what sport would you have played? But <laughs> um, I definitely would have played lacrosse. Even if I would have known, I would have loved to play lacrosse in college as well. Um, I started my sophomore year of high school, so maybe like a couple more lessons, a couple more years. But I think lacrosse is a very up-and-coming sport, and it's a lot of fun. Um, and not many schools have it, which is the downfall when choosing to do two sports in college or not. Um, 
but that's definitely would be my second pick. Interesting. And I, I guess the other drawback is that it doesn't really have a professional scene. Yeah, and, it's very, yeah, it's very different than and, soccer. And speaking of which, like, obviously you made the right choice because you were invited by the Chicago Red Stars to their preseason. What was that like? Uh, it was definitely different. It's obviously a dream come true to somewhat touch the pro level. Um, my brother goes to Notre Dame, so it was kind of a little bit of family ties to Chicago. Um, so that was definitely nice being in the presence of, you know, people you've grown up watching and even people that are just the best coming out of college. Um, it was definitely stressful, but uh, there was definitely a good group of girls that watched over you and helped you get through everything because everyone has to start at the bottom at some point. Um, Love the city. It was so much fun. The team was amazing. They were they're kind of brand new with new coaches as of last year, and I think only like 17 people came were on the team last year. Um, so I met a lot of good people. It was a lot of fun, and it definitely introduced me to the pro level and something that I want to pursue maybe down the line. Now, obviously, very small sample size compared to growing up in New Jersey. You spent time just like minutes away from the city in New York, but yeah. how does Chicago compare to New York in your opinion? Um, so New York, I think I would definitely love to live in New York eventually. I love having like open space, which is obviously not New York, but, um, (laughs) Chicago was definitely, it gave you the city feel, but it was a lot slower than New York, which is, um, a benefit to me. I don't love the fast pace, like loud noise all the time. So Chicago was a lot of fun. It had a lot to do. I lived right, me and my roommate lived right near the United Center. So we went to a lot of, um, the basketball and hockey games. Mm -hmm. So there's definitely, I heard the summer is a lot more fun in Chicago, but it was never boring, so I liked it a lot. Yeah, out of the three, (laughs) bless you, (laughs) out of the three big cities, um, Chicago's probably my favorite, the three big cities being NYC, LA, Chicago. Yeah, I mean, the weather was definitely something to adjust to coming from Georgia pretty much for the past five years, Um, but I got the winter coat when I got there, and it was was a lot better once I got there. Learned that lesson Uh, real quick. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't Second even, day, I needed the puffer. I was like, I didn't even think about you being there in January. Yeah. Like, that'd be crazy. Uh, like, the coldest month there, yeah. Uh, it was the snow, the wind. The wind was the worst. So, obviously, you're not on that roster right now, or else you wouldn't be here. Yeah. Uh, what Do you plan to pursue, like, the pro level uh, after you leave UGA? Yeah, so I'm going to – there's, like, different windows to go abroad and when you can get accepted into their roster, which um, kind of, like – hurts people when they go try out for a U.S. team because it closes windows very quickly. Um, So I have to wait, or more opportunities will come in the summer. I can go within the month, but I'm thinking more, waiting till the summer, waiting for more countries and, you know, more Americans maybe to go abroad. Um, So I'll do that, and I'm looking to go over there for maybe eight or six six to eight months and be back in January, February, because the U.S. is having an expansion draft, so they'll be adding two more teams, which just adds more opportunities here and more opportunities to play. Tell us a little more about that. Which uh, which two cities are adding teams? Utah's right now adding one, um, the Royals. They had one a couple years ago, and then I think they moved them to Kansas City, so they're getting one back, and they obviously already have the facilities and stadium and stuff, and they've done it before, so that one's already announced and up, up and coming. But they are adding another, and I think a couple – States are in the mix. I'm pretty sure Atlanta is one of them. I'm not sure if they'll actually get it, but Boston is up there, Atlanta, and one other, I think, somewhere okay. in Colorado. Gotcha. But, yeah. Um, so before you were talking about, like, the uh, 
Red Stars having new coaches, new players, et cetera. So uh, UGA actually like had a new coach in December of 2021. What made you decide to stay here for your fifth year? Yeah, so that was definitely um, a big question, I think, for me and maybe even other people on the team. Um, I put my four years in here, and obviously for my final year, I needed something a little more stable if the draft is something I wanted to do in the future. And um, the old coaches that I've had when they recruited me when I was 15 or something definitely gave me that. Um, and with the new coaches coaching change, it was definitely an adjustment and something that I had to trust them with. Um, so I did take a couple months to just think and consider other options, um, kind of entertained other schools. Um, and Kadani was very open. I was very open with him if I can do that and, you know, what that meant for me on the spot on the team in the future. Um, and he allowed me to do it. And that was one thing that I really appreciated from him. Um, but in the end of the day, I wanted to be a Georgia Bulldog when I was 15. And, um, I love my team. i there was a lot of things that I wanted to accomplish while I was here wearing my jersey, and I wasn't as excited with how I ended my true senior season, so I knew I wanted to come back and kind of end on a note that I was proud of and, um, you know, be here. With well, them. and that you did. I mean, yes. you broke the uh, drought of not making the NCAA tournament uh, since, what, 2014? Yeah, there was something – Something years ago. Yeah, so not not only to break that drought, you also got, what, one or two wins in the tournament? Uh, yeah, we made it to the second round. Yeah, and so, I mean, to, to lead your team to that when you hadn't done it the first four years, that must have been a hell of a way to kind of go out, right? <laughs> yeah, that was, I mean, that's been a goal of mine since I committed here, and um, I think when I was 15, I didn't realize how hard it is actually to make the NCAA. I just kind of assumed Power 5 schools would get everyone in. Um, so that was definitely a surprise, a shock. But, yeah, to do that in my fifth year, um, that's something I've wanted to do since I've been here and definitely added to the right decision of choosing to stay here. So last season you were team captain. You're the only UGA uh, soccer player ranked in the top 100. Uh, who do you believe on the team is going to step up and fill those enormously large shoes you've left behind? <laughs> well, we are leaving one captain behind, Mally. She'll she was a true senior last year, so she'll take her fifth year here. Um, so she's definitely a leader. She has been on the team since her freshman year, so she's learned a lot. Um, so she'll definitely need help. I'm sure that there's they're bringing a lot of transfers, but as well as the freshmen sophomores, you know, our team has never been one that's the captain's decision and that's the end all be all. So I think it's really just a uh, majority of the team rules. Obviously, the captains have the final say and, you know, more authority on the team, but um, it has never been a dictatorship at all, and I think a lot of the team appreciates that. Um, so it's really just, you know, sophomores help lead the freshmen, and juniors help lead the sophomores, and so on and so on. So I think there's a lot of people that will step up and obviously play a lot more and get a more leadership-type role. Yeah, uh, well, I didn't just mean in the leadership role because, I mean, you were, what, top five uh, every year you were here in, like, every category, <laughs> scores, assists. <laughs> I was just saying, who did you think oh. was kind of going to step up? and? Uh, yeah, help? I don't – right <laughs> now, even looking and playing with them because I'm still practicing, um, there's just so many people that are getting better right now, even if they didn't play last season or, you know, their minutes were a little bit limited. There's so many people that – are getting better and stepping up into starting positions because three starters are leaving. Um, and I think that's really great to see that 
people are they learned last year or they learned from us they learned from other people and just watching the game and kind of took their role and now this is their time to prove to themselves prove to the coaches that they deserve a chance and I think the depth is going to be a insane on this team and there's so many people that can do little jobs that will help the team improve yeah and luckily now they have ncaa tournament experience and yeah. so they can take that forward yeah, so, now, so now they're just gonna win it all next year yeah. one uh, thing that i'd like to add before we move on is you said earlier that you play center attacking mid yes which is arguably the most important position on the field <laughs> in terms of attacking you have the strikers who score goals but they can't score goals unless they're receiving those passes from you who orchestrates the offense so did, is that the position that you played when you were in high school? No, actually, I never played attacking center mid until I came here. I was actually an outside left back, which is, like, surprising when wow. I tell people. <laughs> um, but I think now being there and, like, being someone who's constantly getting the ball on the team, that being in the center is definitely the position for me. I love to run, and I love to help lead people, and, um, you know, I love to get the ball every chance I can on the field. So I don't think I would love playing out wide as much where – you a lot of your work goes unnoticed where you can basically touch the ball three times a half um so I definitely like being the distributor being someone who can you know direct people around um and be a part of the game almost all the time but having that experience at left back would explain why all the draft reports I read explained you were so good at defense and so that that experience probably helped uh. the 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 two-way in that position I'm definitely better in the defensive part um, which definitely benefited me because usually attacking center mids are heavy on the attack and a little less on the defense. But, um, yeah, the attacking portion is definitely part of the game that I need to work on. I mean, everybody's got places to improve. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, so at least you know what direction to head in. <laughs> yeah, right? that's, that's the top of the priority list. So kind of going in another direction, what was, like, during the season, what was a typical day for you? How did you balance your life as a student and an athlete? Yeah, so definitely this past um, season – this past season was a lot easier just because my course load was a little bit easier. Um, You know, I wasn't really going towards a degree at all. I was finished. Um, So we had practice in the morning. We had lift and then um, practice all. We would be done by, say, like 11 latest. Um, Go to class. I had two classes every day. Not too strenuous at all, but go to them. Then go get some treatment or, you know, ice bath or something, some recovery-related things, and then um, homework, online tests, or tutoring at night with if you have it. Um, so, yeah, you're definitely – one thing I do like about the schedule this past year was you finished all soccer athletic-related things in the morning, so then you can really focus on school and soccer – or school and <coughs> – sorry, school and tutoring come the later portion of the day. Yeah, see, that's like the opposite of every every other athlete I've talked to at UGA. It's like they yeah. do all classes in the morning, and then practice takes up like their entire evening. And yeah, then we <laughs> yeah we the previous years we used to do lift or running in the morning, and then break for classes, and then practice at night uh, or like evening. But um, it was fine. I mean, it was just hard to like go into soccer mode, then back into school, and then back into soccer again. Yeah, it does kind of make more sense to kind of do one or the other. And I personally think that <coughs> the morning side would be better just because uh, then you're not as exhausted at the very end of the night trying to get, like, last-minute studying done. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, the the wake-ups are a little rough towards – I mean, it definitely takes a toll on you after five days. But 
um, I would I would much rather prefer getting it over with in the morning. Uh, so, uh, what was your favorite non-sport related experience at UGA? Ooh. I don't know if this is considered non-sport related, but well, specifically non-soccer related. <coughs> oh, the parade. By far the Natty Parade, both years, honestly. I was going to say, which one? <laughs> <laughs> Probably the first one, just because it was my, like, our first time, I guess. Um, I didn't really know what to expect, but, I mean, the second one was just as cool. Yeah, I mean, it was just crazy. Uh, that was actually the first Natty was my first day on campus. So it was like, oh, really? Yeah, I just transferred last spring. It was oh. crazy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the parade, the, like, watching the game somewhere downtown and then, you know, storming the streets, everything, like, related to that was amazing. Yeah, it was like everybody standing in line for like blocks for the yeah, yeah, battle yeah. and stuff. <laughs> and for some reason, you still find people you know. Yeah. Uh, well, was the second one to me, what was crazy is like as soon as I saw fire, I was like, okay, I, I'm ready to go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I saw some like car windshields being smashed. I was like, who parks here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably not a yeah. good idea. Uh, so speaking of Athens, what are your favorite places to eat in Athens? Ooh. Okay, I love De Palma's. That might be my number one. Breakfast place is definitely Jay Christopher's. I know it's very unpopular compared to Mama's Boy, but um, De Palma's definitely for dinner. And then, yeah, Jay Christopher's. I don't know. That's, yeah. I haven't been to either, so I can't really wait. <laughs> oh, I what like about you guys? Like... Trapeze is a good one. <laughs> yeah, Zach, Zach and Sam would kill me if I didn't mention Ahi. Have you been to Ahi? No. No? Well, no. you'll have to talk to Zach and is Sam about Is that tuna? Ahi. Yeah, well, it's the uh, Pokeballs. Okay, yeah, uh, I don't love that. They have hibachi, too. Their hibachi is oh. really good. Yeah. Is that downtown? Yeah, it's right next to 1785. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, I, I personally don't touch that side of downtown. But, <laughs> but not, yeah, now we had uh, Zach and Sam from the hockey team on, were our last guests, and I think they talked about Ahi for 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can't say I've been there, but I have heard about it. I think like, my roommates go there. Like they said, they went there so much. Like uh, Sam uses a fake name on Grubhub, <laughs> and so it comes to shame. But he also goes in person and says his actual name is Sam. And so the lady sees him, saw him so much with both names, she got confused. She was like, okay, what's your name? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so now that you're going to be leaving, what are you going to miss most about UGA? Definitely the team dynamic. I've heard – even being on Chicago, obviously I was new, so it's totally different. Um, but I think everyone on my team is just so close. And we've I've obviously grown up here for the past five years with obviously people in and out. But just like the team dynamic, everyone just being so close to each other, we all live in the same housing development. So just seeing everyone every single day, even without making plans, just seeing them, you know, walking around, walking their dogs. Um and definitely the sporting culture. Like, there's so many people who you make connections with, whether it's on staff or, you know, a different sports staff that you just really connect with, and they help you through, like, the minor inconveniences in your life. That um, Definitely that support system, just coaches, staff, you know, academic help, teammates, is definitely something I'll really miss in Athens. I definitely had a little taste of that when I went to Chicago for a month. Um, that was definitely the biggest thing I missed. Um, yeah, I mean, I can't blame you there. I mean, I think all of us here who used to play sports miss the team aspect. Yeah, and yes. 
Yeah, uh, the, the feeling in the locker room after like a big win. Like I'm sure after your yeah. NCAA tournament win. Yeah. Like, just you've never felt. It something was just like, like literally anything. Like whether we do a hard workout, just coming back in the locker room, playing some music. I mean, everyone is just in it together, so it's a lot of fun. Speaking of music, pregame playlist. Oh my god, I am not part of that. They, they don't <laughs> let me. They don't let me contribute. <laughs> okay, well you, if you can ha- contribute to us. If you had <laughs> your, if you had your headphones on, what would you be your like pregame playlist like? <laughs> You know, usually I pick like two songs all season. I just put them on repeat. <laughs> Let me see what they are. Okay. <laughs> what they were. Like the like We're going to get the actual two songs. Yeah. Spotify or Apple Music? Spotify. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Recently? Okay, I do know one. One was, okay, Walk Around the Club was a big one. <laughs> <laughs> and the other one was Everybody. But recently it's been Pour It Up. Okay. Rihanna, probably because the Super Bowl. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's a banger. Those are all bangers. But yeah, they you probably wouldn't hear it if you stepped foot in our locker room because they wouldn't take that. <laughs> <laughs> so that's just you, mean. Yeah. No, it's okay. They, I trust them. They put some good stuff on. No, I was the same way. I listened to some weird stuff before. The game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I was always like more into the retro uh, Cali stuff, and so I was never allowed to have the Oxford yeah. either. <laughs> Uh, Tupac and all that was always uh, yeah. what I went to. Uh, Can't even tell you really what they play. Usually I'm just like in and out of the locker room talking to people or <laughs> you know drinking water. I don't know. Doing some random stuff. So speaking of pre-match, do you have any pre-match rituals or superstitions? Hmm. I don't think so. I think recently I've tried to get away with that just because I was one of those people that had a bad game, and I'd be like, oh, that's that's why. <laughs> but I would, I'd always wear, I don't know. No, I put, like, my cleats, I guess I put my shing, or my socks on first, then shin guards, then cleats. Um, I always do my hair the same way, but I think that's just so it doesn't get on my neck and in my face. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's really a superstition. That's um, just efficiency. Yeah, that, yeah, that's just, I'll play better that way. Um, yeah. I think I wear the same like sports bra spandex until I do have a bad game. And then I'm like, it was. <laughs> I gotta switch it out. That's that's superstition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like yeah. that. Yeah, that's like somebody who has like the the game worn socks that they don't wash until yeah. they. Lose. No, no, they get washed. They just one, once they don't work, they're out. Uh, so, what hobbies and interests do you have besides soccer? Besides soccer, so I love going to the beach. Like I love going home for the summer. Um, because I just love doing anything on the beach, whether it's surfing, swimming, anything really. Um, hmm. So definitely like outdoorsy things, adventure stuff would be a big hobby of mine. And obviously just like going to any sporting event, Georgia or non-Georgia related, would definitely be something with my friends, with my family, something, one of my hobbies. So how many like different sports stadiums have you been to since you like to go to sporting events? Ooh. I've been to a lot. But okay, so what are your favorites? <laughs> I think Madison Square Garden is a big one. Um, Bucket list. Yeah. <laughs> I've been there for a couple pro, or I think I've been to the Knicks once or twice, but uh, we go to the Big East basketball tournament because my dad, or my brother went to Villanova and my dad went to Providence, and that's always such a fun week. Um, we're a big basketball family, even though I'm here. But I was like, did they play? No, 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 no. they did not play. <laughs> Far from that. But I was, was going to say that's a very athletic family if they're playing no, basketball no. in Villanova. <laughs> yeah, far from that. But yeah, we would just go play there. 
Um, the United Center was also really cool. I like how it's very, like, multi-purpose, and I've seen, you know, the, the stadium change from basketball to hockey, which is really cool. So kind of going on a different track, uh, who are your favorite professional soccer players? Men or women. Okay. Men, definitely Messi. I love. Thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, the World Cup was just amazing. He's, Every He's the GOAT. Yeah. Pretty much like the pa- the final three games he played in was just like amazing. And I, it's, I'm shocked that he hasn't won a World Cup before. So that was just like a big thing. Um, female, probably Julie Ertz. I don't know if you know her. Oh, you do? Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, wife of Zach Ertz. Yeah. Tight end for the Arizona Cardinals. Yes. So she sh- she kind of plays my position. Um, I don't think we play similar at all, but <laughs> maybe a little bit. She's, she's a little more attack minded. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she's very physical, so I think she's uh, very good. And yeah, really liked watching her play. See, I'm very glad you said Messi as opposed to Ronaldo. Ronaldo. Yeah, yeah. See, big Messi fan. Good. See, I think Ronaldo is one of the greatest scorers of all time, but he's getting back and playing D just is what separates Messi yeah. from him, in my personal opinion. I mean, Ronaldo's amazing, but... It, it's not even, like, playing defense so much for Messi. It's like, he, he'll he drop back, and, it, you're, like, defense wins the ball. It's like, okay, where's Messi? You pass him the ball. He runs 75 yards, the craziest run you've ever seen, and then is willing to make that last pass. Yeah, but I don't know. For me, it was Ronaldo never really dropped back. He, ne- he never put in the effort for he's a tap. He's a tap-in merchant. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't move. Yeah, I heard he also complains a lot, which is, like, something that's not. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah, really. yeah, that, that doesn't But I did see, like, some stats that Messi runs the least amount on the field. That I I've... mean, he's efficient. <laughs> he is. Like, once you see that, you could just watch him walking pretty much the whole game. But when he does run, he scores. Uh, so, who had the biggest impact on your life and career? That's that's a crazy turn. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was next on the list. <laughs> These questions okay. are a little out of sequence. So, I feel like the typical answer would be your family, which, yes, like, obviously they've been there since the beginning and, you know, driving me to practice or whatever. My parents have been missed a game since I've been here. Um, so, definitely the support side of that. From them would definitely influence like a big impactful moment for my career but playing wise and like development wise probably just every single coach I've had um from like being little to now I think they've all like shaped me into the player I am today and just added on to what the past coach have, has given me whether it's on the field off the field just like the lessons I've learned from all of them so I think I can't even thank just one set of coaches or, you know, not thank some because from, like, Kadani to Jason to Robert and Billy to my club coaches, they've all helped me and all helped me grow. And I think they have all, you know, put me into the best position I can be right now. So was there a specific moment or coach or anything where you, that was the moment where you believed, like, I'm going to be playing pro? Or was that just always the goal since you were a kid? I think I definitely – um, wanted to play obviously I think that's a dream for everyone when they're little I think when I I mean I guess since I'm not there yet I can't say it's been <laughs> a reality but hopefully soon I'll be a pro um, I think it's kind of been more realistic my junior year of college I think something over COVID must have happened that I <laughs> you know started playing a lot better but that's when I started getting more awards and um, you know more stats and stuff and obviously that helps you get drafted and become a pro um, so I think that became more of a reality and then building on my junior year to my senior year and then obviously to my fifth year, 
um, you know, being named an All-American, I think that was definitely an indication of your towards the better half of college being a player. Um, so I definitely think that made it more realistic that I have potential to be a pro. And then even going to Chicago and realizing that I can play with them, you know, there's still a lot of work to do to be at that level. But um, to fit in somewhat, I think, was a big accomplishment. Yeah, I mean, obviously you've done great. And it was like uh, everybody else got sick during COVID. She said, see you, suckers. I'm developing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what happened. Something must have. Uh, so kind of staying more on the deeper side, uh, what was your worst collegiate performance and how did you bounce back from it? I've had some bad ones. <laughs> I have to say there's been some bad ones. First one that comes to your mind. Ooh. Okay, one recent was first round of NCAAs. That was just, I think even as the years gotten like progressive, I, as I've gotten older, I've put more pressure on myself that I know I can play better. So, I mean, looking back at my freshman year, I, d I don't think I played well, like, very often. <laughs> um, but in the time when I was a freshman, I was the youngest on the team. You know, I probably was seen as doing a little bit better than what I would perceive it as. Um but probably the first round of NCAA against Sanford, and then there was this one preseason game, I think my senior year. I don't even remember who it was against, some purple team. But that <laughs> just was not good. And that I was definitely told that that was just not a good performance. So you're definitely – people tell you when you didn't play well. And so, like, was there a mental uh, process you had to go overcome it, or was it just kind of like, oh, I'll play better next time? Mm. Yeah, so there's that the first one, the purple team, I don't I forget who it was, but um that was definitely early in my senior year season that I was like I can't like I put in so much work over the summer that that can't be the standard for myself if I want to reach the goals that I want and be a big impact player on this team, then that's not going to cut it. Um and I know my teammates trusted me, my coaches trusted me. You know, I've put in the work and I know that I can play a lot better than that. So I think it was just bouncing back and, you know, being a little bit more consistent, which was one of my downfalls um, in the past. So just, like, the next game going into a little bit more, um, you know, just connect the simple passes, and then once you know that you can do the simple things, then keep going forward and do more of, you know, what you've trained and what you are capable of doing. And then I think in the NCAA one, I knew that that was a dream of mine. I've waited five years to make the NCAA tournament, and I might not have played great, but I know my team – got me and got the rest of us to the second round, and I knew that that's not what I want my last game to be like, and that's not how I want my impact on the tournament to be. So um, there's just, like, a lot more pressure, and that's fine. Um, that's something I've always wanted to do. So I think just bouncing back and having that mindset was big for me. Yeah, I mean, having that bounce-back mindset, it's going to serve you well uh, yeah. going to the next level. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can't yeah. let it get you down. Yeah, I know. Uh, so what advice would you give a high school soccer player going through the recruitment process right now? I think definitely um, look at your major and obviously watch games before and kind of ask the coach where they see you playing because um, whether you tell yourself it's not important to play or, like, you're okay with, you know, playing five minutes – I, from a perspective of mine, I can probably guarantee you when you get to college, you will want to play. Watching um, people in your spot, if you're going to sit the bench for four years, that's probably not what you want. Um, so just, like, definitely picking a school that's at your level, that's 
um, something that you'll have to work for tor- or towards, but um, definitely major school location. Um, one big thing for me would be position that you want to play. Um, I know when, like, think back about my process going into my freshman year, getting recruited when I was in high school would be a lot different than if I was looking at going somewhere else for my fifth year. Just being in college, I knew what I wanted and kind of, like, the playing time I wanted, position I wanted, um, team dynamic I wanted. So for me, if I were to leave my fifth year, if I chose to do that, I'd want, obviously, a good team culture because Georgia's team culture was amazing. Um, You know, a team that I'd play a significant amount of minutes and a team that I could play center mid. But, yeah, definitely for someone coming out of high school, position, major, and location with, you know, a little bit of coaches, how many more years they have on their contract, and stuff like that would be a big one. Yeah, I mean, all solid advice, kind of like don't overestimate yourself, but don't underestimate yourself either. Yeah, definitely have an achievable goal, but have something that can push you to, you know, you don't want to be the best on the field from freshman year. You want something to, you want people to look up to, you want to, you know, push yourself and stuff like that. Yeah, you want to kind of iron sharpens iron uh, situation. Yeah, exactly, (laughs) yeah. Um, So kind of going in a different direction to end it, or a lighter direction to end it, like what can the MLS and NWSL change to grow in popularity? That's a good question. Um, I think the NWSLs, but I don't know much about the MLS. I don't watch them a whole ton, but I know the NWSL, they're – definitely making strides to become more popular and stuff like that. Um, obviously, some cities have the bigger names, like the Alex Morgans, the Sydney LaRue's, um, and they are big heavy hitters with the attendance records, and it obviously just the city you come from. You know, California is such a big soccer um, state, so they have more fans coming to them. But I think just even doing, like, little kid outreach and going to club teams and stuff like that and public appearances – is definitely big. Like, everyone wants to meet a pro soccer player, take a picture with them, meet them. Um, so even just doing that and getting your name out there and wearing your team logo, I think that says a lot. So it's like, obviously, the men's overseas soccer is at a much higher level than American yeah. uh, soccer. Uh, is that true for women's soccer as well? Or is, like, the NWSL at the same level? Yeah, so de- I think definitely a broad top, level abroad for women is better than the NWSL. You get paid more. You probably get more fans. Um, You see a lot of big USA name players going abroad um, for the the culture, the team, um, the speed of play. But then the NWSL is probably in the middle. And then abroad, again, they have a second league that is kind of a little bit below NWSL. It kind of depends on the country you go to. Um, But, yeah, I feel like there's kind of three tiers there. Interesting. Uh, yeah. And so for NWSL, you rank it mid. Like, where would you rank MLS for men's side if you uh, had to? <laughs> Ooh. By definite, I guess, I don't know if they have three tiers or not, but I definitely think abroad for MLS is a lot better than the Fine. U.S. <laughs> if, if you wanted my opinion, because I do, I do tend to watch a, quite a bit of MLS. The, it's not bad, but it's not good. At this current moment, the MLS is core responsibility in terms of like a global situation is they move players who excel in like that third tier of leagues that you were describing 
they, they move players from that third tier into the first tier. We saw it with Miguel Amarone, who came to Atlanta United. We're seeing it now with Thiago Almada, who will be gone in the summer to a massive club like Barcelona, Man City, Bayern Munich, somebody huge. And so, as of right now, that's their main responsibility. But in terms of, like, growing the game, I think there's definitely things we could do better. And a lot of that Abby touched on. But... I mean, we're moving in the right direction, if you were to ask me, because 10 years ago, what's going on right now would not have been possible. Oh, yeah. I mean, just seeing how soccer has grown popularity in general all over the place in America over the last decade or two is crazy. Like, uh, Yeah. When I was in Chicago, they we shared a stadium with Chicago Fire, the second team. And, I mean, they have just amazing facilities. They were in our stadium, but they were filled with a lot of high schoolers. Um, so I think that was a lot different. There was like maybe two college kids and then the rest were high school um, players. So I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I guess it depends on how you look at it. I mean, if you compare it to the European system, that's already old. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know. I feel like here, a big factor of that, like having high school players in the development teams, specifically like Chicago Fire's second team. Like I know Atlanta United too, which would be the equivalent of what yeah. sh- Chicago's team has a ton of high school kids. But once they get to that college age, they tend to lean toward going to college if they're not like already part of that senior team. And I think predominantly that's because you get more development because once you hit 18 on one of on some of those like second league teams. Sorry, my brain's not working. But <laughs> once you hit 18, you tend to like start losing um, development opportunities just tend to start falling out of favor. And so going to college where you're still competing with kids who are your age and who are at your same skill level, you'll get that better development. You'll get an education on top of that. And then it bring it provides more opportunities to go pro. It, it's kind of like how a lot of baseball players choose to go uh, call the college route instead of right into it's the It's very, very similar. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's recently starting with the NWSL. I think there was like four 15-year-olds going to play pro. instead, And once they sign their contract, they can't go to college so they're choosing that at the age of 15 you see you think that rule would start to change with nil deals like i get that it's still once you go pro you technically aren't supposed to play college but with nil deals like is it really that much different than a pro contract nil being nil like this (laughs) i mean i know you're not allowed to once you sign a contract but yeah I, i don't really see much of a difference yeah, it's it's one of those things that I think should change now that we are paying college players. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, moving off of that topic. Um, yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're good. Uh, is there anything else that you want to add before we wrap it up, Abby? No, I don't think so. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. Thank you for coming on. We really enjoyed this interview. I'm sure everyone listening will as well. This is a really good interview. I did have one last question. Are you a Giants or a Jets fan? Giants. Yes. <laughs> That's great. I was I actually forgot to throw that question yeah. in there because, like I told you earlier, my sister-in-law is from Jersey, and she's an Eagles fan. So that's why I was like, I guess there's three options if you're from South okay, Jersey. Yeah, like, I definitely like the Giants more, but I do like the Eagles because uh, Jordan Davis and N'Kobe Dean are playing there. But as a team, as a whole, the Giants. Well, thank you for your input. Thank you for your time. And that's going to be all the time we have for today. Thank you guys for listening, and we will see you next time.